We got Paul Holden of Lockdown Rockies on the pod to preview the next series because, of course, we're going to talk a lot of crap to Paul. So let's jump right into it. You are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Diabacks Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day listening to who? Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer, so please go check out my website, millerthomas24.myportfolio.com. I'm there you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos, my graphic design. If you want to see more content by me, just follow me on Twitter at creatorthomas24 for my personal account or look up Locked On Diabacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. And of course, thank you for making Locked on Diamondbacks, your first listen every day. I would not be able to do this podcast without you, my loyal listeners, sharing, subscribing, reviewing, doing all that so I could do this podcast for you. Thank you. It's free and available on all platforms, so please continue to tell your friends. But without further ado, let's bring on Paul Holden of Locked on Rockies to preview. Yeah, raise the roof in here, Paul, to preview the next series against the Colorado Rockies. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing good. Uh, you know, not a bad day. Weather's warming up. Baseball season in full swing. Rocky still above 500. We'll take it. Mm. Yeah, right now we're recording this at 6 o'clock on a Wednesday. So we're a little bit early on this preview. So we don't know exactly what's going on in that Rockies game. We know they're in a weather delay right now against the Nationals. So hopefully that doesn't uh, mess up anything when we're talking about today. But, oh, Starting Friday, because the D-backs don't play tomorrow. They got an off day after a beautiful sweep against the Miami Marlins. Don't even get me started with massive Bumgarner fiasco, though. But we got our series on Friday. We've been, you know, for us two at least, I don't know how many, you know, Major League Baseball fans are excited for D-backs versus Rockies. But for our personal rivalry between our two pods, because we've done preseason bets saying, you know, D-backs are going to finish better or maybe the Rockies or vice versa. So how are you feeling going to the first series against the D-backs in 2022? I mean, I think it's an important one, honestly. I think this is a stretch of ball games that we've been talking about a lot on Locked On Rockies. It's important for the Rockies to win all these series that they have been in. They just took care of business against the Reds, dropped the first one against the Nationals. We're waiting to see how that happens. And then, uh, you know, this is a road series for the Rockies as well. How are the Rockies going to perform on the road? Looking at, at it just so far, the Diamondbacks have been able to leave, are, are in fact better on the yeah. road than in Arizona, at least so far this season. So maybe that's something the Rockies can go in and take advantage. Arizona, a little bit more friendly place to play for the Rockies in terms of going on the road, uh, you know, in terms of the course hangover and things of that nature. Uh, but, you know, I mean, it's 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 take advantage of the time that you have before you got to go play six of your, you know, the next after the stretch here, the Diamondbacks, the Rockies then go play San Francisco. I believe Pittsburgh's in there and then they play San Francisco again and then the Mets. So there is a lot of really, you know, the competition is steep going, you know, starting with the Diamondbacks, the division. You can't take any division game not serious. And uh, the Rockies can't uh, go into Arizona and underestimate what the Diamondbacks are able to do sitting at 13 and 13 right now. Yeah, that's a great point you brought up because I'm looking at this website. It's like Power Ranking Guru, and they basically did a strength of schedule for all the Major League Baseball teams. And the Rockies, they che they checked in as the 25th easiest strength of schedule so far this season. Their record against teams with above 500 record is only 2-1. and one. They haven't faced a lot of good teams so far this season. Right. But on the vice versa of that, the D-backs have faced the second toughest schedule so far in Major League Baseball against 500 teams. They're 11 and 11 this season. They played more 500 teams than any other team in baseball so far. 
They're 13 and 13 on the season, Paul. So knowing that the Rockies got off to this hot start and started scuffling a little bit and knowing that they haven't played any good teams while the D-backs, you're going to Chase Field. They're battle-tested, Paul. They've defeated the Dodgers in a series. They split against the Cardinals. They just swept the Miami Marlins after they were on a seven-game winning streak. How confident are you that the Rockies, who we know are on the road, who typically historically don't perform as well on the road, do you think the Rockies will maybe come back to earth in this series a little bit and actually start to show that maybe they're not as good as we thought they were at the start of the season? I think the Rockies already came back to earth in Philadelphia. I think we saw that the Rockies uh, have abilities to, and they have some interesting stuff and they, and they are a competitive baseball team in some areas. However, this is a team that, that flat out just didn't hit in Philly. They played ugly defense. They didn't get starting pitching. They've seen some, you know, their ace Ramon Marquez is just not able to miss bats right now. There's a lot of things that you can, can sit there and look at as the Rockies and be like, whoo, the worrisome trends are starting to overcreep the hot start, especially when you look at the Rockies in their in their last, uh, you know, the last 10 games the Rockies have played. They're five and five, the only team to be five and five in the entire NL West. So the in terms of coming to earth, I think that's already happened. Chris Bryant's already landed himself on the on the on the IL and uh, and hasn't been playing. And they don't know, you know, they're hoping to have him back for this series against Arizona, Arizona, like you mentioned, playing those those good teams. But the Rockies have beaten the bad teams which has been the good thing cincinnati comes into town and the rockies steamroll the reds you don't let the reds come in and and, and hit around in Coors field you do take the road series against the tigers there even after getting clobbered uh you know philly dominates you there but you dominated philly at home so you kind of at least soften that blow but this really is an important road series and an important uh an important stretch for the rockies to, to go into chase field and win this series on the road start things off right and and it, it's not only a road game but it's a division road game and those are going to matter every every time uh you match up in the nl west this season for for anybody it's going to matter because the, the clearly the nl west is showing to be one of the best divisions in baseball as i i mean we knew that going in but i yeah. think a lot of people are realizing that I, I'd be hard pressed to find any division that's better than the NL West in baseball. I mean, the D backs are literally last and they're a 500 baseball club and they're not even that far back off the division leader. They're like four and a half games back. So it's really not that crazy, crazy. And I think as of right now, I mean, with the Boston Red Sox kind of struggling and we already know they got Baltimore in that division. I think it's pretty easily the NL West as the best division right now in baseball and you kind of look at these two teams records over the last couple of weeks on april 19th the colorado rockies they were eight and three they were in first place in the nos of course early in the season so no one's making a big deal but at the same time the d-backs they were three and eight they were last place in the nos and now you look on may 4th may the 4th be with you the d-backs are a 500 ball club we got to get a day off on thursday we'll see if you know the game resumes with the Rockies versus Nationals, but let's just assume the Rockies lose that game. The D-backs versus Rockies series, they, even though the Rockies will be ahead of them in the standings, they will be tied in the wins column. So the D-backs beat the Rockies this series. I think they'll end up with more wins than the Rockies, at least through this weekend. So how do you feel about that little statement, Paul, that the Rockies could potentially be maybe not in last place because maybe last place, I'll have to see how the games work out. But the fact that they could have less wins than the D-backs, you know, now a second month into the Major League Baseball season, how does that look for your bet? I mean, I think, again, it, it just is a reminder. And I think for the Rockies to show you again that this is a long season and it's about consistency. It's about being able to turn to your players that that you need to count on and and get production out of them. When you look at it right now with the Rockies, they have won these ball games and 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 had success 
without having huge performances from some of their top contributors in, in terms of offense. They've gotten a lot from uh, Randall Gritchick, uh, Gritchick uh, who's been a, you know, the real big surprise. Connor Joe's been, been good, a little streaky in some areas too, but like the Rockies in general. And of course, CJ Crone's been great, but Chris Bryant, again, 10-day IL stint already. Uh, Brendan Rodgers was uh, historically bad in terms of his slump, and, and, and hopefully it's going to be the breakout party is there after hitting, uh, you know, hitting the Reds up a little bit there on Sunday. Uh, but yeah, you know, this is, this is a time for the Rockies to make a statement and to, and to, and to put their foot down, especially in the division, you got to go in there. And if you lose this series in Arizona, it ain't getting any easier because you're heading to arguably one of the worst places to go play on the road. And that's in San Francisco. I mean, you, I mean, especially for the Rockies, the last place you want to go on a tough road stretch is into San Francisco with how good that the, the giants have already shown that, that they are again this year. I couldn't name two people on the giants roster, right? now but i know that they're all good and i know that they're all probably overperforming what they what people expected of them uh so you know if if the rockies find themselves in a position at, at the bottom looking up again they have to sit there and wonder and they have to start making adjustments because they still have opportunities because they got that stint with the pirates but I, i'm not i'm not buying into your Diamondbacks better than the Rockies narrative. I, I see how you're I see how you're asking these questions. I see how you're phrasing these questions. Don't think that I'm not that I'm, I'm just giving you a good, well-rounded analyst take because at the end yeah. of the day, I, I, I you know, I think I still think the Rockies are better than the Diamondbacks. And of course, everyone, you know, when they're riding their power ranking rankings like last week or two weeks ago, everyone has the D-backs, you know, bottom three team, lock in the 100 loss season for the D-backs. But you go into this series and you mentioned it like the Rockies have beat up on bad teams this year. So I think it would be a good litmus test for the D-backs. Are you going to be a bad team or are you going to be the team like I believe who could be around 75 wins, maybe creep up toward 500, but at least give us some competitive baseball, you know, the last couple months of the season where I'm not turning off the games post all-star break because they are absolutely meaningless. So this could be a good limits test for the D-backs like we've talked about. D-backs are not a good home team, but the Rockies are not a good road team. So something has to give in this one. I, yep. Both these teams just want to go on the road in and smash <laughs> teams. So we'll talk about the offense and the pitching a little bit in segment number two and three, but the D-backs want to boost maybe they need to go to built.com paul because the best place to get a boost is just eating a built bar because built bars are absolutely delicious the reason why i love built bars is because i'm a health conscious guy i try to go to the gym when i can but my biggest issue is i have a sweet tooth i like to eat candy i like to eat junk food and built bar does a great job of tricking me because i think that i'm eating a candy bar when in reality i'm actually eating a protein bar low in calorie low in sugar high in protein high in fiber great for the keto diet and one of the bars that they have is that is absolutely delicious is those puff bars. It's marshmallow infused. It's protein infused. It's fluffy. It's delicious. And like all built bars covered in 100% real chocolate, if you want your own built bar, just go to built.com. Use promo code for 15% off your next order. Promo code lock 15. Whether she prefers a statement piece or everyday subtle elegance, BlueNile.com has fine jewelry options for every mom. Shop high-quality classic diamond earrings, elegant tennis bracelets, or gemstone pendant necklaces. Celebrating the special women in your life? On BlueNile.com, you can easily navigate thousands of fine jewelry options at every price point. This Mother's Day, give mom something she'll treasure forever with fine jewelry from BlueNile.com. And Locked On MLB listeners get $50 off a $500 order. This podcast exclusive is only good through Mother's Day. 
Use code locked on. That's code locked on. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress free and find your forever peace at BlueNile.com today. Paul, let's get back into it because I want to talk a little bit about the offense. We kind of did a general topic about the state of our two teams right now. Maybe they're going in two different directions, but as of right now, they're basically both 500, near 500 teams. So let's talk about the offenses first because statistically, if you're just looking at the traditional stats, the D-backs are arguably the worst offense in baseball, at least in the National League, and the Rockies are at the top of almost every metric for offensive stats. So when you look at that Rockies team, Paul, should I be as concerned with those Rockies offensive numbers? Or do you feel like, because we all talk about, you know, your your stats get jacked up when you play in course field. So when you watch your team, do you feel like the offense translates on the road too? Or do you still feel like it's old classic Rockies where they're great at home, they can score runs at home, but once you get on the road, anything can happen? <laughs> oh, pardon me. I was, uh, you know, the, the course caught me off guard. You know, I was, I was, the, the course takes always getting me uh, off guard. But no, you're right. It's 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 something that the Rockies have already demonstrated again, that they are going to struggle to score on the road. Why? I don't know, because this is a team more built to hit, not in necessarily going to hit home runs, but for contact, drive things in. The Rockies could have scored a ton more in that series against Philly and could have scored a lot more on their on the few road games that they have uh, you know, played this season. It's not really few. They, they are, you know, they're, they're played a handful, I guess at this point, but uh, they, they still lack that big hit and they still leave runners in scoring position a ton on the road. And they've been doing it at home as well. Uh, but again, it's, it's the Rockies have been getting insane contributions from, from CJ Crone, especially he's been arguably one of the best hitters in baseball this year uh, with, uh, you know, leading in, in home runs. And he's not only just hit home runs at course, he's, he's hit them on the road as well. And he's thumped them on the road and Connor Joe when he's getting on and when Connor Joe had his hit streak and in his rhythm was able to really be a dynamic presence for the Rockies up at the top. So this is a Rockies team that has the ability to score more runs in more ways than they have in the past. than you're used to for some Rockies teams, uh, but it's still a team that struggles to put those innings together, put those teams that the, uh, the hits together and actually score runs. Um, you know, they, they've piled on some games, but they've also gone completely silent, done nothing and, and, and gotten, you know, look completely uh, uncomfortable up there and strike out a lot, but this is an improved Rockies offense. I think this year overall, um, it might not seem that way when you, when you, when you take away someone like Trevor story, but there's more Rockies contributing and we're seeing, uh, some Rockies have some solid uh, bounce back. Uh, Charlie Blackman has swung it pretty well after the beginning of the year started ice cold, but really has come into it. And again, if Brendan Rogers starts getting uh, into it, uh, Ryan McMahon has started heating up there. There is some potential. Charlie Blackman just looping on out. So the game did just start here. So they are underway okay. in Denver, but um, yeah, so there, there's, there's more of a top to bottom threat for the Rockies to score runs. It's just a matter of, will they get that big hit in the situation they needed to, uh, that, that has escaped them multiple times on the road this season. 
Yeah, and the big hit is something the D-backs have been searching for all season until this really the Miami Marlins season or Miami Marlins series because before that, it always felt like the D-backs were never coming through with runners of scoring position. The numbers tell you that. Like, they were one of the worst teams with runners of scoring position, batting average. The numbers across the board were down for the D-backs, and they've been kind of down across Major League Baseball. But against the Miami Marlins, they weren't just hitting home runs because over the last couple of weeks, the D-backs are like one of the league leaders in home runs. But the problem is they're just never anyone on base. It's a lot of solo dingers for those D-backs home runs. But this Marlins series was the first time where the D-backs were able to put some crooked numbers on the board where they have five-run innings or maybe they come back late in the ballgame. It was the clutch hitting, the timely hitting, and it was more than just solo shots. It was actually guys getting on base, um, doing damage with doubles. It was the extra base hits outside the home run. So it was nice to see a more complete game from the offense from the D-backs this series. But the offense overall this season still has been a problem. And of course, there's been a lot of discussion with the deadening of baseballs and all that. So as a Rockies fan, do you feel like you've seen that from your team? Do you believe in this whole conspiracy theory with the deadening of baseballs? Or you're like, yo, I play in Coors Field. It don't matter what kind of baseball you give, tennis ball, uh, baseball, we're going to smash it out the park. I didn't realize this until I started listening more and just kind of following the conversation more. I don't think it's the baseballs. I I think the mm. worst thing is the shift. I just watched. I hate I just, it. I hate it. I, I just watched. Um, I, I, I'm watching on my phone and the screen was small, so I don't know exactly who batted for the Rockies. I mean, it was a textbook hit. He took the ball up the middle. It was a single up the middle. Two out single, exactly what you're hoping for, you know, to keep the top of your fir- your bottom of your first alive, a beautiful piece of hitting. And that's been taken away. I I, I really think it's more not not the baseballs because we're seeing people. I'm watching CJ Crone hit 450 foot bombs outside of course field, too. I mean, you know, I'm I'm watching people and, and we're watching, you know, the, the Blue Jays and, and teams hit the ball. Well, I, I think we have just reached a point where we have to kind of realize that the defensive side of the game has gotten so great. Uh, And then to give the added benefit to your pitcher that can throw almost a hundred miles an hour consistently, and then throw a 12, six that breaks from your head to your knees doesn't need the added benefit of their infielder being in the middle of the ball of the diamond, being able to take something away there just because the numbers say there. So uh, I don't necessarily think I've seen the I've seen maybe a couple of hits for the Rockies that that were that, but yeah, the ball's been flying at course. I mean, Josh Bell hit and Josh Bell and Juan Soto hit the ball. I think Josh Bell hit one 450 feet yesterday and Soto cleared 10 rows, you know, at course as well. So uh, it's it's I don't think the baseballs are as big of a problem as the shift. And I didn't think the shift was as big of an issue. But honestly, it it is really bad for the product. I mean, I, I can't really blame people for for being turned off by the shift. Yeah, for the D-backs, it's like uh, it's hard to blame the deadening of baseballs when you're just striking out the plate. It's like I don't think a, a tennis ball. <laughs> if you're not hitting the baseball, can you even know? <laughs> yeah, so I don't think that matters. But I totally agree with you on the shift. I mean, I've talked about nauseum on the spot. Like, I hate the shift. Let's get rid of the shift. Let's make it an illegal defense. We want to do the shift, and it has to be like after the pitch, you can move over and you know run to the other side and sprint to the other side if you have to. But the thing with the shift is, I feel like you know, 10, 15 years ago, it was only for like the big poppies and the Joey Gallons. Right. We had a shift where guys who were dominantly hitting to one side of the field. Now it just feels like, you know, it doesn't matter. Jose Iglesias could be up there. Keto Marte. doesn't matter the quality or level of player. It doesn't matter the talent. If he's a right-handed hitter, we're shifting to the left. If he's a left-handed hitter, we're shifting to the right. And that just seems to be, or vice versa, I think I had it back for, backwards. That just seems to be where baseball is heading. And they've had discussions about banning of the shift. I think they have to do that new, you know, uh, committee that they have now. I think they would probably have to vote on it. Could potentially, I think, go into effect maybe next season or the year after. But I think, 
I think you have to ban the shift. You have to increase offensive production. And I would like to see the sports science behind the baseballs, whether they really are deadened and how much that actually affects the game. But I would agree. The number one thing that the baseball has to fix is banning the shift. And number two is might be robo umps. I mean, I don't know how you feel about the electronic strike zone, but I'm pretty much all in favor of just getting the call right. Like, I don't understand I, why we have to <laughs> guess on it. Yeah, it's a tough one. I, I think you need, I, I don't know what it is, but I think there's a happy medium between you need, you need a presence because you need to be able to challenge or like be able to look in there. How are you going to make that pitch that paints the corner match up on a computer as well as just the ability to go back and look at that pitch as a person. Now, I'm not saying an ump is going to be able to get that pitch in real time. We've obviously <laughs> seen that, uh, you know, <laughs> happen uh, not or not happen. I should say plenty. I think the future is going to be a, there has to be a happy marriage between officiating and this is in all sports officiating mm -hmm. and computers. Cause you can't just go full robo ump because there's, there's some nuance. There's a uh, maybe that, you know, maybe, maybe a team figures out that if you can frame, your pitch really well you can pick you know what 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 if a team what team gets the first software engineer in there to really crack the code of how the automated strike zone works yeah you know you, we we laugh and kind of think it's conspiracy mm -hmm. but the astros did convince you know they can yeah. they had a whole plan that involved hitting trash cans like it's not that crazy to think You're that right. teams will will take every creative possibility to get a competitive advantage especially when it's not against the rules so to speak they're just uh, you know we're we're looking into the the software and just how it works so um but yeah it, and it is weird i never thought we talked there's so much talk about the baseballs 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 like why isn't this a bigger conversation like in the off season of like because so, last year they were they didn't like the fact that the ball was flying too much and it's mm -hmm. like how much are you really changing a baseball like what is going on with the actual physical baseball itself that you're that you have to have this much and you're changing it every season and all this stuff. It's just like, that seems weird to me, but isn't the shift done for sure next year? I thought that was a done deal. I thought it was done, but I don't know. I've seen things that maybe it's not done that maybe they have to uh, vote on it. I don't know. We maybe could do more research after the pot on that. So I'm not too sure, but maybe the easiest fix for, you know, the electronic strike zone and things of that nature, it's just allowing managers to challenge the call. Like imagine if it was a ball, but it's really a strike and the manager could just say, let's go review that play. Wouldn't that just take out the argument of whether it's a ball or strike and we don't have to yell at uh, whoever Angel Hernandez or whatever. Like, let's just go review and determine for ourselves if it's a ball or strike. I, I think it's a no brainer. I think balls and strikes should, I think, I think you have to have a limit to your, to the, there needs to be a, a, a pitch challenge. That is like a, a very specific thing, but they won't do that until they they've shaved 30 minutes off of games. The last thing they need is more umpires standing around looking no. at things. Thank God that they finally have microphones to tell, like, you know, they were that it took them this long to get umpires mic'd up. You know, it's like, I, it, the, some of these reviews are still far too long. And so, I mean, I'm, I'm with you. I think it, it, it makes perfect sense to be able to, to challenge it. That that's the most important one. Same with a fair and foul ball. Like those are literally the two, you know, that is someone, uh, you know, close play at the bag and a, and a ball and a strike. I mean, and those are major things just because it's, you know, that's why you, if you look at the, uh, the challenge abilities in other sports, I mean, they're major moments. I mean, it is a scoring yeah. moment. And so you should be, you should be able to, uh, to do that in baseball. But again, I think the big hesitancy there is, is the, the last thing they want is to add, have anything increase the length of, of baseball games. But, uh, 
I don't know. I mean, I mean, I've had some long ones, but they've only been the slugfest with a ton of runs scored. When a game kind of has moved at its natural pace so far this year, uh, it hasn't been too bad. But I'm I'm a baseball oh. guy, so I'm never going to be too too annoyed with that. And I'm also never opposed to taking a little mid game nap, even as a podcast. yeah. I no, I totally agree. You know, I said on uh, Monday's pod, like if you want to just watch a great pace to play baseball game, like I thought the D backs this season have been. I thought these games have flown by for the D backs. Like I've I'll run a couple prepping. Mariners games yeah. that have been lightning quick. Quick. I mean, when the pitchers are dealing and, you know, but that's also that also is you're not going to be able to speed up the game and increase offensive production. You're going to have to walk a fine line there because it's if teams are going to hit around again and teams are going to score, that's where you're going to get it. I, I think the pitch clock might be a thing to, you know, it's going to be an interesting development. I'm sure it's coming. I just it's just. I don't know. I mean, it, it just to me, it's 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 when are we just going to realize that basketball and hockey are two hour sports and football and baseball are three hour sports? Like, I mean, no one's no one's calling for pace of play on football and a football is bloated just because they feed you more advertisements. No one's yeah. you know, no one talks about that as much as they talk about ah, baseball's so slow. And there's a lot of stoppage in football, too. I know there's a lot of big plays, but I mean, it, if you want to be critical about length of game time i don't think baseball always gets the fair shake when it's like you know football especially when you count in pre and post game coverage of football yeah. as well with the whole package i mean it's it's crazy so and uh, in I, person you know, in person yeah. football is kind of slow actually like if you go to actually I, 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 I went i went to uh, a seahawks pregame uh, preseason game and a and I got we got a good deal on tickets to go during the season. Actually, I got free tickets from work to go and oh. see in the season, and it was fun. It was good, but I think football is my least favorite sport to attend live. I can't see the action. Bad seats at a baseball game. I can follow the whole game. I can walk yeah. around the stadium. I'm, it's beautiful. It's the summer, and then you know basketball and football. It's an arena. Oh, my co-host is here. Hey. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, but then in football, it was just like. I, and the amount of money to, I mean, you, I mean, you want to talk about the cost of a, of a baseball game. Holy smokes. Uh, going to a football game is the furthest thing from a family friendly event in terms oh, of, yeah. of, of value that you can get. I mean, I mean, it was still, people were paying 125 bucks to watch Russell Wilson play to the lions at the end of the meaningless season uh, in the middle of, a, of, of, of a rainstorm. It was just, it, but darn it if they weren't there. And so, I don't know. I know that was kind of a off topic, but just when you're talking mm-hmm. big, that's what I think about when I kind of think of of the the future of baseball. But I'm also I love changes because you know one one for example, universal DH, huge win, especially huge. for Rockies fans. And I'm sure you as a, as a Diamondbacks fan gotta love having an extra bat in there. I know the offense has struggled, but that opens so many more doors for teams like the Diamondbacks and the Rockies. And it was more just about, I don't want to see pitchers hit anymore. It's not even about the extra bat in the lineup. I just want to stop seeing bad offensive plays. I don't want to see the double switch. I don't care if that's a strategy that's been effective and been fun to watch for these NL fans the last 20 years. I'd rather just see Big Poppy go up there and hit a grand slam in the ninth inning than trying yeah. to figure out, oh, should I take my starting pitcher out because I got runners on and I need the offense and all this yada yada stuff. So, I, yeah, yeah, I yeah, don't I, miss that strategy and I don't miss those pitching change weights at all. Yeah, so all that's ridiculous. So we'll see what new rules potentially could come next season. I hope, I hope they ban the shift. I'm sure some of our listeners are like, "How do you guys not know that you cover baseball?" But yeah, sometimes you just forget about these things. But if you want to know, I mean, they they had, you know, they it could they literally do change their minds all the time. 
Yeah, I swear I saw reports that was banning the shift. And then I saw like once that lockout ended, it was like, well, I actually got to vote on banning the shift next season. So I don't know. That's going to be some research I have to do after the pod. But if you want to bet on the shift getting banned next season, you need to head to betonline.net because betonline.net is your number one source for your betting stats and sports info. Find the latest sports developments, league reviews and news, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball and this weekend's run to the roses as the Kentucky Derby is back. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions. BetOnline, where the game starts. Paul, we're wrapping up pretty soon here on the crossover. Locked on D-backs versus Locked on Rockies. we got a preview uh, coming for you guys on Friday. And let's talk about the pitching a little bit because this, you know, we talked about the offense. They were kind of polar opposites. Rockies offense at the top of everything, D-backs offense at the bottom. But if you were just to look at the starting rotation, now we got ourselves an argument, Paul, because from the starting mm-hmm. rotation perspective, if you're just looking at starting ERA, D-backs, second best starting ERA, not in the National League, in Major League Baseball, just behind the LA Dodgers, because we got our man, Brent Strom, biggest offseason addition. Forget the players. Brent Strom, the pitching coach, was the biggest offseason addition. A little hyperbolic there. But look mm-hmm. at the Rockies. They're starting pitching their ear rates like uh, I think it's like I have the fan graphs pulled up here. Let me let me give you the exact numbers. Colorado 23rd and starting ear rate in Major League Baseball. So you're the guy that says Hermain Marquez, number one ace, better than Zach Gallen, Antonio Sensantella. Glad we, you know, extended him. He's going to be the number two of the future. So far, how do you feel about the Rockies rotating? Because I haven't looked at the stats too much, but I feel like just from looking at fantasy, it feels like Austin Gomber has been their best guy this year. Uh, the Rockies starting rotation for the most part has been disappointing. It's uh, something that you wanted to be a strength for this Rockies team and thought that you can count on. However, we've seen uh, Rockies starters start slow, build up to a really solid middle of the season and kind of fall off sometimes. But uh, we've seen really great performances from Austin Gomber. Gomber's on the bump currently right now. A uh, little rain delay in the uh, only been through two frames so far. No runs, a uh, little, you know, nothing like that. Gomber, Gomber is uh, someone that I'm watching closely this year. Obviously, how he's gotten here, had get it, coming back from injury at the end of last season, he's really been uh, his his stuff, especially at home, has been good, and uh, he's really been able to be an effective and great pitcher. And and the Rockies have gotten a lot of great production from Chad Cool as well. Uh, this ran, you know, the random fifth arm to come in there. He's he's not going to dominate you, but he's had three, four really good starts for the Rockies so far. The pitchers that you that uh, there's pitchers that are surprising you, and that's good things. But unfortunately, they're outshined by the the disappointment that is headlined by Herman Marquez, shelled by uh, the Nationals last night after being shelled by the Phillies in the back in back to back starts for him, multiple home runs. He's not locating pitches well whatsoever, not not avoiding barrels. Ten hits, seven hits, eight hits, multiple home runs given up in games. That's that's not what Herman does. That's when Herman struggles. That's when you see when you see Herman have a bad game. That's what happens. It's the lack of control that gets him in trouble. That's what happens when you're the style of pitcher of him. And so the Rockies desperately need more from him. And But he's weird. It's really weird. There's a lot of – I have this – my buddy who's very deep with the Rockies. He follows the Rockies. Herman is a lot better when the weather – warms up it's a really weird thing to say but but herman is definitely also just someone who is better as the season goes on versus at the start of the season 
And Antonio Sensatella has been fine. Sense. What was that? Sorry. I was just saying that makes sense to get better. Yeah. The season improves her main. Well, yeah. And it's, 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 you know, so it's, it's, it is kind of crazy though, as the weather warms up. So, so does Herman. And, but it, you know, I don't know. I don't know if that's going to be the same type of situation going here. Cause he, I mean, he is really struggling to locate the pitch cause he's, he, he spent a lot of this off season tweaking his fastball and the fastball is the pitch that he's not able to locate right now. Uh, so, you know, he just hasn't been able to find that, but if he can find that he's still throwing 97, He's still got movement on the other pitches. It's just those locations. And and Sensatella, on the other hand, fine and, and good, but not striking out like anybody. I mean, Sens is not a big strikeout pitcher, but more than – I mean, he had like two strikeouts through his first four starts, something like that. And Kyle Freeland's been good. Honestly, mostly unlucky from Kyle Freeland. The Rockies mm. haven't backed him up and played horrible defense in Philly. He's kept them in most games. Had a couple, And, you know, Kyle Freeland's going to give up a couple runs. But when you can get Freeland to go six – six hits, three runs, and, you know, seven strikeouts. You take that line from Kyle Freeland all day. So that's kind of what you've been seeing from him. So I would say above all, you know, mostly the, the Rockies have gotten some good from the from the starting pitching, but I would say you, you have to clarify as a, or you have to just or classify it. That's mm. the right one, as a disappointment this season. Yeah, the Rockies starting rotation is something I just was never super high on. Like Hermine Marquez is someone that I always just considered like a back-end starter. Even though he's their number one, I always felt like he was more of a number three, number four guy. Sinzantel is okay. And there's evidence to prove that, Mar- you know, Herman Marquez, with the, especially the streakiness in most other systems, would probably be a two and in other cases, even a three. And, and that's not to take anything away from Marquez. That's just He's been great at cores. He's been a good pitcher, but you know the, he he's not as consistent to be a dominant number one that you can say at any club. Herman Marquez would be the number one starter. He just hasn't shown that consistency. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons why I thought the D backs were going to finish with a better record, not because of some overall talent. But I was like, when I had to go through the slight edges that the D backs have over the Rockies, I was like, I just like our number one starter in Zach Allen a little bit more than Hermine Marquez. I like Sinzantella and Gomber's been really good, but you're going to see Zach Allen this series. He's been very good. His ERA is like around a one. He was good against the Miami Marlins. You're also going to see Merrill Kelly, two guys who are, are top five in ERA right now in the National League. Both of them could be Cy Young candidates. So, uh, you know, toward the end of the season, both of them could potentially make. We'll see maybe Mad Bump too. Like the D-backs have three guys in the top 10 in ERA in the National League. So their starting pitching is where it's really at. But recently, the bullpen for the D-backs, if you look at this Miami Marlins series, like every seventh inning, whoever the D-backs brought in, it got dicey. Guys were getting on the bases and the Marlins were typically scoring and bringing that game within one run. And today they actually regained the lead until Paven Smith had a two-run bomb in the ninth inning to take it back for the D-backs and win the game. So Looking at the bullpen for the Rockies, how do you feel about that area for your team? Because Daniel Bard, he's still out there closing games, but so far he's been good this season. Yeah, Bard's been Bard's been good, and the bullpen started out. That was one of the reasons why the Rockies started out so well is the bullpen surprised everyone by being one of the best in baseball. But then we got a reality check, and this is a bullpen that's not – they're not that good, not that great. There's some interesting pieces, but the Rockies need their starters to be the ones to keep them in games, and they need this new offense. Unfortunately, you, you don't have a ton of depth. You're not you're not getting a a a ton of uh, a, you don't have a ton of imposing forces or anything like that 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 really do it. But Daniel Bard really has uh, as uh, I, I was worried about him being continuing to be the closer, but he has been solid. Uh, but 
there's just control issues, walks, and things can get out of hand quickly for this Rockies bullpen. Not, not a lot of stuff that makes you think that this is a dominant pen. But but again, they've shown their abilities to, to win the Rockies games and, and shut the door. So that's what they need to do. I'm not asking them to be great. Just be as good as you can be and, and help these close games for the Rockies. Final question, Paul, before we wrap up today. What is your series prediction for Rockies versus D-backs this weekend? Because I'm saying, I'm going on record, D-backs take two out of three against the Colorado Rockies. And I'm not saying they exposed them, but we're like, hey, the Rockies really can't beat teams that are 500 or better. Meanwhile, the D-backs, they definitely beat up on those 500 or worse teams. The Rockies are going to come in as one of the worst teams the D-backs have faced this year because they faced a lot of good teams so far. The, the Rockies, I would have to go back and look at the record. Them and the Marlins might be the only two teams that didn't make the postseason last year that the D-backs have faced this season. I guess the Padres, too, because they had that second-half collapse and missed the postseason. So what's your prediction? Because I'm going D-backs over Rockies. They went two out of the three games. That could easily happen. The, the D-backs can definitely uh, you know, pump the pop the Rockies right in the face and uh, you know do uh, on the road and, and show. But uh, here's the deal. I think the Rockies are if the D-backs aren't going to score runs and the Rockies can limit it, the Rockies are going to just simply out, are, are going to score more. Take two or three. They're going to get a bounce back performance from the ace on the uh, on the road there. I think. Wait, will Marquez pitch in this series? I don't know if he will. He just yeah, I'm yesterday. looking at the probable pitchers. Yeah, it doesn't look they don't have anyone listed right now for the Rockies. So, so Merrill Kelly I mean, so Gomber sure. is pitching. So tomorrow it is cool. And then so Freeland would be Friday. Mm, I like that. If I'm a D-Max, I don't know. There's so yeah, but uh, no, I think I I've got Rockies taking two out of three. Rockies making a statement on the road that they want to be be for real, and uh, hopefully it's led by Chris Bryant coming back from the ILL and hitting his first home run in Rockies uniform that he has not done yet. But uh, mm. if the if the Diamondbacks aren't going to score, the Rockies have played teams that can score. That's what the the and and that's where the damage has been done. So if the Rockies get the added benefit of a team that's already struggling to score, uh, I think that's going to benefit them and they're going to be able to uh, squeak out a couple. I don't think it's going to be close and I think there's going to be a lot of runs. I see a lot of 10-9, types of games uh, coming up between these two teams. But uh, I got Rockies two out of three and I got you yeah, you and your dang Diamondbacks still sitting there uh, in there. Be, you, you, you still yell at the seller mm, for, from uh, yeah. for now. Yeah, for now, yeah, I, I have it going the opposite way. I think it's going to be low scoring. I'm taking the Merrill Kelly Gallon games as wins, and those are going to be like four two victories, D backs over Rockies. I think gonna, the offense is going to be like, whoa, whoa, this is what good pitching looks like. This is what the Brent Strom <laughs> effect is like. Whoa, oh, we haven't seen this yet. Oh, a good team actually. We only beat up a bad team. So it's going to be a fun series. It's going to be the first time we're doing this, and maybe we'll do a little friendly wager. We'll see. We haven't really discussed that. Maybe we'll talk about that <laughs> off air. If the you know one of our two teams win uh, this series uh, against the Colorado Rockies or against the D backs. But Paul Holden of Lockdown Rockies, where can my D backs listeners uh, find you on social media? I'm at Paul Holden 33. You can also follow the show at L O Rockies 33. We're also on YouTube. We'd love your sub if you want more NL West baseball talk. Yep, Locked on Diamondbacks is on YouTube as well, so please go subscribe or look up at CreatorTimes24 for my personal account or Locked on Diamondbacks on both Twitter on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. Paul, thank you for crossing over and making time with me today, sir, and hopefully your Rockies lose this weekend. Sorry about it. <laughs> That's it for this edition of the Locked on Diamondbacks podcast. Shout out to Paul Holden of Locked on Rockies for hopping on the, the pod today. It is Friday. I mean, I'm recording this on Wednesday, but for you guys, it is Friday. So come back next week for more Dimebacks news coverage and insight. Thank you for making Lockdown Dimebacks your first listen of the day. 
Go make your second list. I will be with my pal Sully walking baseball encyclopedia or 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 go check out the Locked On Now podcast recaps of MLB games by all their local experts. Great analysis. Go check it out. And as always, come back next week for more Dimebacks news coverage and insight. And as always, stay safe and stay healthy. Deuces.